At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So today we're gonna to be going over soil blocking. This is a long awaited video and we're gonna go over start to finish what to look for when it comes to soil, compaction, you name it, all the way to some really key exercises you can perform to maximize the benefit. So first off, when it comes to choosing a potting soil, you wanna go for a homogenous mixture. This means the potting soil should have very little to no perlite, very little to no vermiculite, pumice, sticks, twigs, anything that is not the same structure as whatever's beside it. The reason for this is because when we get a particulate size that's all homogenous, meaning the similar size, we end up being able to achieve more of an aggregation. The aggregate in a soilless medium is a little different than aggregation in a soil system. It allows the plant to perform well and kind of saves us a little bit on the sanity side of things. So the reason for getting a homogenous mixture really truly comes down to our ability to then mechanically move these soil blocks, be able to water them effectively, and then not fall apart as the growing season goes on, which ultimately is key with soil blocking if we're looking to use these long-term. So homogenous mixture, absolutely number one. I could go into more details on the potting soil, such as avoid DIY, unless of course you're amending for pH and making sure you've done a bioassays test on your compost or manure, if that's what you're choosing to add, etc., and so forth. But I'm not gonna get into that here in this video and I have several other videos discussing that. So I'd go check those out if you're interested in those aspects and how they can affect your plants through nutrient deprivation to really poor seed germination. Next up is actually the container or the platform in which you place the soil block. So I like to put it onto a graded type container or a graded basin. The reason for this really truly comes down to the ability to manipulate the environment that the seedling is in. So I like to bottom water and therefore being able to shift or pivot them from high moisture to low moisture depending on what I'm seeing is key and having something that's graded allows me to do this. If I didn't have a graded setup and I was simply potting into something like a basin without holes, I may or may not have more issues manipulating the moisture content of that plant. So having that and then a bottom tray without holes is the way that I like to run things. But of course there's different methods or different preferences when it comes to this sort of thing. Next is actually the volume of water inside of the soil itself. I want you to make a slurry, a muck, so that it's literally pouring out of your hands. The reason for this is because moisture or water actually removes airspace in our soil. This is why when we open overwater potting soil, we end up with anaerobic soil, meaning lack of oxygen. Or if we walk on soil outdoors that has been freshly thawed from winter or a fresh rain or after we've watered our grass, we can actually cause compaction in our garden. And this can actually result in a hard pan, again, where there's no oxygen. So in order to achieve this in a seed blocking setup, which is actually what we do want to achieve, is we need a really slopping wet soil. So 
after you have a nice sloppy wet soil, you actually want to pack these cells. I've seen people do the classic method of just dipping the soil blocker in and trying to pack it in in that way. And while that helps in the initial stages of getting the bulk of the soilless medium in, I actually encourage you to take your fingers and really push into those cells and compact it firmly. Allow that excess water to drain out and for the airspace and water space, the soil porosity, if you will, completely disappear. This is going to be key for its weathering of mechanical problems in the future, but also for proper root development in the seedlings. And we'll discuss as to why that is here in a little bit. So after everything's nice. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. ...compacted, you then want to actually place it in the container itself. So when you do this, I actually want you to really firmly push down on the soil blocker the entire time. So you're gonna push down the soil blocker as you're releasing, really firm pressure leaning into it that entire process. This again is going to cause that aggregation, remove all that airspace, you name it. So after you completed all of this, you actually want to separate the blocks. Let enough space between each block for air to move, whether it be from fans that you have on your plants or just ambient air movement. This is really important. It's the reason why we use these for example, coconut coir pods or the Jiffy Peat pods, really truly comes down to the benefits of having that air circulation. So this brings me to the importance of even aggregation, really good compaction and separation. The first two figures remove porosity, remove air from the system. And this is important when we're growing seedlings because seedlings exposed to air actually will die off. The roots themselves will air prune. And when our seedlings are young, too much exposure of our roots to air can be harmful and deadly to seedlings. So compacting it is going to be very important. It's the reason why there are different sizes of soil block. If you look at the really itsy bitsy ones, those are meant for really tiny flowers. And you always want to choose an appropriate soil blocking size based on the plants that you're seeding. A great way to check this is actually the cotyledons themselves. If you've got big pea-sized cotyledons, then you wanna go for one of those single blockers. If you have tomatoes or peppers or cabbage or pretty much any other regular crop, you just wanna go for a regular size soil blocker. If you have itsy bitsy tiny flowers like petunias, then you wanna go with a small, smaller soil blocker. This is because the initial stages, we want little to no air for root development. But once we get more of a root base and hairs and all that stuff forming on the roots, we actually want the roots to begin to be exposed to air. Now, if we have tiny blocks, this allows it to happen faster with our tiny seedlings. And if we have bigger blocks, it allows it to happen at appropriate time in that plant's development. So once it begins to get to the edges, the key here is that it's exposed to air. Air allows for air pruning. If we have air pruned roots, we have division of our root cells and ultimately a branching effect. Think of how we top peppers to make a bushier plant. Well, this is very similar, but in the root form. So the root 
makes its way to the edge, exposes itself to air, and then branches off into two more roots. And then every single time it hits air, it branches off again, branches off again. This is gonna do a number of different things. It's going to make your plant better at transplanting, more effective at uptaking nutrients, more effective at uptaking water, you name it. So make sure you allow this to happen and really benefit, capitalize on the unique factors that make up a soil block. After this is all said and done, I like to poke little holes in to plant my seeds because I really do like a good interface between seed and soil with moisture. So because of that, I don't use the dibbers that are naturally installed into the soil blocker. I simply make my own little hole pop the seed in, and then again, really make sure that interface is nice and tight on the seed itself. Top with vermiculite, or I guess you could roll these in that case with vermiculite just to keep that mold down if there is any, and you are done. I hope this helped you guys out with when it comes to soil blocking. Let me know in the comments down below if this is something you have chosen to do, you want to do, you've done and you don't like. Love to hear about that. And of course, be sure to give it a thumbs up, share it because sharing is caring. And I will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.